Is a member of your family deathly ill? Don't take them to the doctor. Even if there's oozing pus coming from every orifice, seeking medical help will only make things worse. Instead, call a cleaner. Cleaners are specially trained professionals who can properly dispose of your sick loved ones. Call us today and we'll get there in about a year. everybody to horror movie talk and before we get into the episode i'm going to make a special announcement as the og horror movie talk host um the search is over and you're seeing the results of our short but intense search for new co-hosts uh that's right we're um, installing max allen and sydney lee as the permanent co-hosts of Horror Movie Talk, along with me. My name's Bryce Hansen. Um, I just wanted to say, um, like, there is a reason why I chose Max to kind of be the first audition, because he's been helping out with us a lot um, for the last couple of years. You know, even the, you know, one of our intros he produced for us. Um, and so like it's kind of a no-brainer he's already he's already been involved and has done co-hosting stuff and i think the, our episodes worked out really good and sydney is a breath of fresh air she's been a a longtime fan and um the common thing between them is that they're very excited to contribute and to get involved and excited about um voicing their opinions and having you know opinionated takes on on horror movies as well as just being passionate about the brand of horror movie talk so it's it's a real good fit it's a little different since there's going to be three of us um a little bit more of the uh morning zoo feel maybe um i'll get the looney tune sound effects going um (laughs) (laughs) but no i think it's going to work out great having having three of us the the episodes that we did um you know that i did separately with max and sydney and then the ones that we did together which was an idea that i had worked out really well we got a lot of really good feedback so i'm hoping that um all the listeners horror movie talk will support us and um will um you know listen to the upcoming episodes sure there will be a little bit of like getting our sea legs and and getting you know it gelled but i'm really confident that we're going to make horror movie talk great again just like my hat says you know (laughs) and everything that goes along with it we're going to integrate into horror movie talk um republican ideals um (laughs) and positions on culture war items um but most importantly we want to make the podcast the best it can be and i'm confident that we'll be able to do that so uh, i'm really grateful for 
Max and Sydney coming on. I hope you guys are excited as I am. I know, like, from the feedback from social media, um, it's been overwhelmingly positive for you guys' this episode. So I'm, I'm very confident that it's Yes, right. and thank you guys so much for all the kind words. Uh, re- honestly, I was, like, checking the comments on the videos, like, every day just to see if there was something new someone said. And you guys said so many nice things. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, I want to say thank you, too. It it was really great going on the Facebook group and all the videos and stuff and seeing that people enjoyed me and enjoyed Max. It's really refreshing and awesome. Yeah, and it's also an indicator that you guys have what it takes to be horror movie talk hosts because you have a lot of vanity. So that's (laughs) what's most important. Yeah! Checking, checking those comments, getting personally hurt or, please, you know, please. elevated from them. Do I'm they li- like me? <laughs> Making new accounts so I can comment on my own videos. Uh-huh. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. No, right. So, yeah, I just wanted to make that announcement. Um, I think all the episodes from now on are going to be us. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited. Hope you guys are excited. We're going to make Horror Movie Talk great again. Woo! And we're going to do it as a team. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm not auditioning, I don't have to try as hard, which is yes. a huge <laughs> weight off my shoulders. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. great. <laughs> All right. Um, well, this is my episode, so I guess uh, Bryce has been talking a little too long here. I should take over. Um, welcome to Horror Movie Talk. I'm Max Allen, the sweet, lovable baby boy. And with me is Sydney Lee, the bright-spirited voice of reason. Oh, yeah, and Bryce <laughs> is here, too. Um, no, of course I'm joking. <laughs> Bryce Hansen, our fearless leader and HMT veteran. That's right, folks. There's three of us now. And one of us is a woman. So your <laughs> Apple reviews about Bryce are null and void. Yes, sir. I was actually wondering if uh, if it would start swinging the other way now, if, if now we're going to get actual misogynists in the reviews <laughs> being like, oh, they have uh-huh. a woman on there now? Ew. What the Ew. heck is Ew. Um, you have a vagina. Your opinions are invalid. Yeah. <laughs> but That's true. on this show, we review horror movies and nothing else. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. <laughs> Was that okay, Bryce? Was you guys good? are good. You guys are doing good. Yeah. Okay. Good, because I heard some complaining on the last episode. I did. I, I did, was complaining. Yeah. No one, it's written out. It's written out. You guys just don't say it right. But you guys have got it now. Properly trained to be hosts. <laughs> and now, since our movie today comes from Argentina, hola y bienvenidos a Horror Movie Talk. Soy Max Allen, el doce y adorable bebe. Y conmigo está Sydney Lee, la alegro voz de la razón y Bryce Hansen <laughs> nuestro intrepido líder así es amigos ahora smart I can't do this I don't speak Spanish I tried my best no, keep going. no do it do it finish it Max <laughs> en este programa repasamos películas de terror y nada más uh, los, los nuevos estrenos en cine this is getting harder why is it getting harder just do it do it you're en doing cines, great siempre tienen 
prioridad terror también revisimos películas de terror más antiguas tanto buenas como horribles that's all I can do I have been using Duolingo for two months now so that's pretty good Wow, rousing endorsement for Duolingo right there. Duolingo is kind of fire. You too could be speaking Spanish as good as Max. As good as I did just there. <laughs> With Duolingo. I will say the, the sentences, oh. that's all good, but, you know, the pronunciation I needs, know. A, needs work. But you did great. I know. Um, I mean, I, that's I, uh, that's pretty solid for someone from, you know growing up in Provo or wherever you're yeah originally. Utah that is that's a <laughs> that is my special actually, that's skill not, I can speak that's Spanish. actually not true actually Mormon former missionaries are actually very good at speaking Spanish so I mean that's true unfortunately I was sent English speaking which means that I wasn't uh, as yeah. valiant yeah. but make sure <laughs> that, what that means I guess it sure checks you... out <laughs> <laughs> make sure you rate and review and subscribe on iTunes Full videos available on YouTube. Don't be a square. Make sure to share. Also check out patreon.com slash horrormovietalk, the equivalent of the adult section at your video rental store. If you want to add your PP to the community pool, go to horrormovietalk.com and call 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail. Guys, we've got a great show for you today. We will be reviewing When Evil Lurks. The 2023 release from Argentina. We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. Easy as that. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later, we'll be doing a new take on an old classic with good reviews for bad horror movies. This is a spin-off for an old bit called Bad Reviews for Good Horror Movies, but in this version we will be reading glowing 10 out of 10 reviews for Exorcist Believer, which we oh. reviewed just a few weeks ago. Exciting. Which, which, in my opinion, is a bad horror movie, but not to everybody, apparently. <laughs> That'll bad. be interesting. <laughs> All right. Let's get into <clears> the review. because it was scary. <laughs> I only I, I only grabbed like three or four, <laughs> but I just thought they were so funny I had to read them. Okay. I'm excited. When Evil Lurks can be found on Shudder or AMC+, Plus, which I have come to find out recently, are kind of the same thing almost. Mm-hmm. My synopsis is, When Evil Lurks is directed by Demian Rugna, who uh, also directed a film you may recall, Terrified or Aterados. In this film, two brothers living on a farm find a man infected with a demonic disease. In order to save the town and themselves, they do what they can to get rid of the man, but things quickly get out of hand. Our main character, Pedro, played by Ezekiel Rodri <coughs> Rod Rodriguez, is rough, stern, and a natural-born leader to his younger brother, Jimmy, played by Demian Solomon, who kind of just does whatever his brother says. The film gives a nuanced take on possession, and while I think Terrified was scarier, this has a better story. 
when I've still never Evil seen Terrified. In... Sorry. Oh. No, I've never that, seen it. You should see that. Actually, it's. Uh, yeah, I, a I think the story is pretty loose, but it's it's scary. Well, this yeah. movie scared the absolute shit out of me. So, and I was <laughs> shocked because I don't really get super. I've seen so many horror movies that I don't really get like really scared. But I was alone in my house. I had to call my fucking sister at the end. I was like, I am so scared right now. You just be on the phone with me until someone comes home. <laughs> Like, and then my roommate came home, and I was like, okay, we're good. Like, <laughs> we're good. Oh, my God. I'm so scared. Wow. That's some pretty high praise already. Mm-hmm. Uh, my review of When Evil Lurks <clears throat> is, When Evil Lurks is heavy and doesn't pull any punches, the violence is brutal and shocking, and the makeup on the possessed people makes them look truly disgusting. The characters seem like real people and often don't make the greatest decisions, but are just doing the best they know how to do. The movie feels fresh and puts its own spin on demonic possession, but to say that this movie should be lumped into the same category as movies like The Exorcist is kind of laughable, because they're very different. Um, Though it uses the words demonic possession, it really ends up being something very unique. It feels like we as the viewers get to peer into the minds and the culture of a deeply superstitious town in Argentina, which is an impressive thing to do. One of the best parts about this movie to me is that it introduces so much lore that people from this town all just seem to kind of know and understand as the truth, yet I never felt like I was struggling to catch up or understand where they were coming from. It's unsettling and every scene feels like something new. I give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, what say I, um, I um I agree. I also gave it a nine out of ten. Um I think it was I mean it scared the shit out of me. There were a lot of scenes that were very shocking and you didn't really expect like what was gonna happen. Like we'll get into spoilers about that. I don't wanna say anything right now, but um the axe scene that didn't know that was gonna happen. Um, but yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really good. It, it was, um, I feel like it was kind of reminiscent of the evil dead kind of with the possession kind of thing and the grossness. Um, but also like there's this movie from the nineties called fallen with, with, um, Denzel Washington. And I don't know if either of you have seen that. But it's um, we did a uh, pretentious review on fallen. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like a um like a demon inhabits someone's body but when they die like it'll like jump out and go to like the next available person and um although this is a little bit different than that it kind of my my dad um I was talking to my dad about it last night and he was like oh that kind of sounds like kind of like similar to this and I was like huh mm-hmm. but yeah it was good 9 out of 10 yeah i mean the it now that i think of it like yeah it's very close to evil dead like in terms of like how the demons work they're just kind of floating around and infecting whoever that's closest you know it tries to establish some rules around it but it's it still feels like a little loosey-goosey mm-hmm. um i didn't um i don't think i liked it as much as you guys but it was still like i could appreciate it as a good movie um i think one of those things where like i have heard that this is like in contention for the best horror movie of 2023 Mm. and so i had really high expectations of it um but i just wasn't 
that into it like i don't know i didn't i didn't really get um really bought into it even though like i can recognize the quality and it's an interesting take um i'd i'd still give it like an eight out of ten um which is a really good score but like it didn't like uh go over the top for me with enjoyment it's more of like i appreciate it for what it's what it's doing because it's a real like mix of kind of like zombie and um yeah kind of evil dead and possession and it does feel kind of um from a different culture and i'm wondering how much of that is in there because they use like a couple phrases um that are interesting i think they use the marked ones or marked ones which is interesting because there's a paranormal activity the marked ones Mm -hmm. that's kind of uh hispanic um leaning so i'm wondering how much of the culture is in that and how um the possession is treated and how the evil is passed on and stuff how much of it's the lore made up for this movie versus how much it is actually somewhere in the culture um but imdb imdb does shed zero light on that topic (laughs) (laughs) it's it's got one piece of trivia and that's it Um, what is it you might as well read it now yeah the piece of trivia said during a post premiere q a at fantastic fest damien Rugna said he got the idea for When Evil Lurks from a series of news stories about farm pesticides in Argentina causing widespread health issues. He suggests that corporate apathy about the workers' health and the way the issue occurred out in the middle of nothing, uh, where it's easy for profiteers and city dwellers to ignore the impact of their choices, start started him thinking about the idea of lurking evils given free reign to spread. Oh, that's so, cool yeah that's that's interesting um there's yeah i mean there's it feels like there's a lot going on like culturally here and also like uh, it gets a little uncomfortable when like one of the characters is autistic and they're like oh yeah i mean autistic people are evil right obviously like if they yeah (laughs) if they're they're acting like that they're probably possessed which is i kind of felt like the autism was counteracting the evil in in a way for a bit but we'll talk about that later it kind of says both um it's it's kind of has like the old school take on like obviously people that are mentally ill are evil um but also maybe not maybe they're just (laughs) mentally ill and um evil people evil spirits possess them but it's okay well one of one (laughs) of the best lines is one of the women is like I think the boy is possessed, and the guy's like, no, he's just autistic. <laughs> that, that's, like, where they leave it. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a good movie. It's definitely one of the better ones of, of the year, and definitely a, a foreign horror movie that you should put on your list. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it wasn't... It didn't blow me away as much as I thought it was going to. All right. Well, so two nines and an eight is a pretty good score. So yeah, if you haven't seen this and you think you would like it, definitely pause here, come back after you've watched it. Um, But it's mid-roll time. Everybody's favorite time. If you're listening to these commercials, you stupid. You should know that you don't have to. We have a Patreon for this exact reason. If you go over to Patreon, you're going to see some tears. Some of the tiers get you some bonus content. Some of the tiers get you content without ads. So check that out. 
We also have a shop, HMT shop at HM at horrormovietalk.com. There you can find some sweet merch with our logo on it. Check out our resident artist, Dustin Goble, a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Contact him at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. Our phone number for if you want to leave a voicemail is 682-253-4468. Thank you for listening. Let's get into the spoilers. All right, so this movie starts out with Pedro and Jimmy, the brothers, in their farmhouse at night, and they hear <laughs> gunshots in the nearby forest. So they kind of go out to investigate at night, but they decide that the morning will be better. And in the morning, they go out there with their dogs, and they find a the just the bottom half of a person. <laughs> he's just been completely torn in half, and he's got stuff strewn everywhere, this, these like weird looking tools and he also had like a map to one of their neighbor's houses with a picture of their neighbor on it so they decided to go over there how, how was the beginning for you guys what were you feeling I thought it was like fucking lightning when I saw the gunshots I was like why is it so bright I was like holy shit and it was like right there too and they were like ah we'll check it out later so like I'm like everyone has a gun in this movie and they live in a very rural area so I guess it wouldn't be super strange to like hear a gunshot so that's probably why they didn't investigate right away but I feel like when they found the guy they were like damn the Ruiz must have killed him or something that's crazy <laughs> like they were just like yeah <laughs> You know, to be honest, if I heard gunshots like close to my house, my first instinct wouldn't be, "Let's go run out into the dark with our own guns and, yeah. and find them." Like, to be honest, I probably just hole up and look through the window. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a really good start. Like, it it establishes like, you know, kind of the dread of being out in the in the boonies, and. Uh, people out in rural rural areas have guns and they use them uh, mm -hmm. which can be you know very utilitarian but also they'll threaten you with guns very mm -hmm. easily have i have i talked about like our experiences driving in oregon and stopping by the side of the road mm, i don't rural think so people are crazy <laughs> um, and they are like <coughs> literally like old prospector level protective over their land because we'd be driving back from the coast and literally just stopping on the shoulder of the road to have one of the kids like throw up or our dog go pee like uh, on separate occasions and literally like people would run out from their houses with shotguns and be like move along motherfucker oh my god and it's like whoa it's like like it's crazy because literally like there is an easement on the side of the road for stuff and it's like right it's just confusing like what are you imagining people are doing 
stopping other than just like taking a piss or puking um yeah we're like setting up steal all property. your gems yeah yeah, yeah like, it's so crazy fuck? like <laughs> they're like all oh, those people are gonna take our water rights aren't they better get the shotgun out it's it's crazy like a very it's a different world so like that's one of the things about you know america that i don't think people appreciate is like it is a different world in different areas you know? yeah it really yeah. is um but yeah i mean it's it's nice that it holds true in other countries too that people <laughs> out in the rural areas are also crazy people with guns yeah so they after they find that map and that picture they go over to their neighbor's house and um they knock on the door and basically you know they they're like hey we saw a dead guy out there he had your picture were you expecting somebody and she's like oh yeah we were expecting a cleaner to come and kill my son and they're like and then you're like what the fuck (laughs) yeah it's like very confusing without the lord that we haven't gotten yet and uh-huh. she's like, oh, no, I'll explain. Come here, come here. You'll see. He's disgusting. And <laughs> so they go into the room, and, yeah, I mean, this man is just oozing blood and pus from everywhere. Yeah. He's he's just so disgusting looking. And they call him. It, it's the, the gluttony guy from Seven. Yes. Yeah. Is, yes. While he's still alive. Yep. Yeah. And, he, you know, he's he's too big to move, and they, they call him the Rotten which hmm. is, I guess, in their part of the world, another name for, like, a possessed person. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, again, I don't have the context of the culture, so I don't know how much of this is, like, shared context versus how much of it is, like, the movie just not telling you yeah. enough. Because in this world, everyone understands what's going on. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this rotten, like, corpse uh, vomitous mask guy... Uh, he's he's just possessed with an evil spirit, obviously, and we got to get rid of him, or else the evil spirit will infect us all. So don't touch him. And so they like all know all these all these rules around what's happening to this guy, other than like, wow, he looks like a walking corpse pus ball, mm-hmm. and that's disturbing. They're like, nope, this is this is a literally a demon possessed with him, and we got to get him out of here before it infects us all. Yeah, there's a lot of rules sprinkled into the movie throughout, and what I like about the rules are, like, they're not, like, definitive. They're more just, like, things people heard one time. Like, oh, I heard Mm -hmm. that around the possessed you're not supposed to do X, Y, and Z. And, like, everyone kind of has their own rules, but they kind of, like, connect. And eventually some of them become more, you know, important than others. But yeah, one of the big ones is you can't you can't kill them. You have to have special people with special tools come and kill them. Well, specifically, don't kill them with guns for right. some reason. Guns um, are very bad. Yeah, they they love guns for some reason. And that helps them. But bashing their head in with an axe or a blunt object like that's not as bad. Which, by also, the way, has no no effect whatsoever anyway. So. <laughs> If I was an evil entity that could die, I would spread rumors all over like, no, 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 you are not supposed to kill these right. types of creatures. Right. Like, it's really bad. Like, just right. let them do whatever they want. It's pretty genius. And they yeah, obviously exactly. lie a lot. Like, that's a mm-hmm. whole thing. Is like, I mean, that's a common theme with demon movies anyways, is that like demons are tricksters, but there's a lot of 
lying happening from people that are rotten in this movie and like some people believe it because you don't even sometimes you don't even know that this person is rotten when you're talking to them and then you know bad stuff happens yeah this yeah the strongest thing that we're given to like hold on to or to grasp about the lore is they're driving in the car and then the grandma just like lays out like here are the seven rules um here are the seven habits of highly successful alive people Uh, (laughs) and like she outlines like the rules which we've heard one or two of them before but we haven't heard all of them so like that's the most like that we're given but But then other stuff they just never yeah no one follows them at all (laughs) like no electric lights okay let's turn on all the electric lights and we'll drive (laughs) in a car at night and only shut off the lights sometimes <laughs> not a single person goes out and gets their camp their uh their coleman lantern or you know some candles like nope it's just so much easier to use the flashlight and also there's no detrimental effects to using those lights at all like we never actually see what we're told happens with them which is like shadows act on their own well like, this is so. This is my second time watching this, and I actually did catch um, some shadows moving on their own a couple really? times. Really? Mm. Yeah, it's in it's in a later scene in a in a bedroom where the kid was, and he's got um, actually in this house there is no electricity. There's only candles, mm. but the kid has a toy that like does like night light stuff. Yeah, I and saw so it's, that. Yep electric and yeah in his room one of the shadows like starts getting bigger but there's nothing there Mm. um that's that's the only time i saw it but yeah so and then and then the other thing that they just never explain or never bother to like touch on is the whole brass like seafarer apparatus that's supposedly going to kill the possessed people like that's the thing that they use to clean them which is like just unexplained it looks like a giant brass tripod with gears on it and you're like it, it hmm. almost looks like a telescope with a yeah. harpoon type thing uh-huh i don't know they never get to use it so we never actually get to see how it works right uh, but so basically the the woman is like yeah i reported this to the police and to the to the cleaners a year ago and no one came until the cleaner was supposed to come yesterday but he didn't make it and so they're like, okay, well, we got to go talk to the police. They go over to the police station, and they're no help. They don't believe, and they are the they call the mayor, and the mayor's like, yeah, I heard about that, but I just assumed it got taken care of. So mm-hmm. we're also told that, like, the police don't like Pedro because um, of some rumors that were spread by his ex-wife. Um, I, it was kind of a little unclear, but apparently his ex-wife spread rumors about him to get custody of custody of the kids and the rumors painted him in a bad light for the whole town yeah she has a restraining order on him she reveals that when they go to when he goes to her house and he was she was like you're violating the restraining order and also he runs into the cop in that same instance and he's like you're not supposed to be here man like (laughs) what are you doing so yeah we don't know if those things are true we don't know what happened um but i do love like a main character that is unreliable in a way Mm -hmm. because it makes it more interesting in like guessing what's actually true and not 
yeah, yeah i mean if if argentina is anything like like mexican culture it's very much more machismo so like the context of like oh yeah this woman is just cheating constantly and spreading rumors about him and like the guy's just good you know that <laughs> that, that's true. that makes sense like like ah you know these these women they're the evil ones you know mm-hmm. that that makes sense even though you know the opposite is usually true nobody really <laughs> believes women in this movie no one listens no. to any of the women in this movie and that i think is very detrimental to the main characters i did that is one of the things i turn to my wife like at the very end of the movie like when everything really goes bad it's like hashtag believe women <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah so uh, the cops don't believe them so they go to their um their other neighbor's house ruiz and they talk to him about it and his like he's like e- eating dinner later <laughs> And then he's like, no, no, I can't, this can't stand. There can't be a rotten in my town. And so he drives over there, kicks down the door, and points a shotgun to the diseased guy. But every, they, they just keep telling him, you cannot shoot him. If you shoot him, it'll be so bad. So he eventually goes home. And then the next day is when we get the, uh, I believe it's, yeah, when we get the the goat scene. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing so, was pretty is soon, that pretty soon after. Um, I think they I think they transport the body and then the goat scene happens. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Uriel, the the rotten guy, he um, he kind of curses Ruiz. He's like, because he's about, he's like, kill me, kill me, like, kill, do it right now, like, and then your unborn child will be cursed and so will you and your wife and you'll never have a moment of happiness again and he's like fuck we gotta get him out of here i can't kill him but we gotta get him (laughs) out of here like i got a baby on the way man like that's not that's that's fuck so then they just yeah they pick him up he falls through the fucking blanket oh it's so nasty which is also a very rural thing to do is like oh you have a giant like piece of trash or like you know, uh, un- unwanted objects. Like the answer is go to somewhere else, more remote, and, <laughs> and dump it, it on someone else's property. You know, fuck it. Just that's like you don't you don't go to the dump. You don't pay for like the couch pickup fee. You know, for waste management to come out. Like you you just go find someone else's land and and dump it at the end of the road. Kind of genius. Yes. Yeah. Great move. <laughs> And so that's what they do with Uriel. They put him in the back of a pickup truck and they drive like 300 kilometers or something like that. I think that's what they said. And um, they're like, well, we should probably go like 100 more just to be safe. Mm-hmm. But right when they say that, they almost hit a, a kid on a bicycle going to school and they do a huge swerve and they they get back on the road safe. No one was hit. And um, it's only miles later that they realize uh, that Uriel probably fell out of the truck during that swerve Mm -hmm. because he wasn't there when they stopped the truck later. Which doesn't quite make sense because don't we see the kid in the rearview mirror as as they're passing him and we don't see a bloated corpse like immediately after him? 
Like it could have been that like he fell to the side, so he was like more in like the gut, like the gutter area. But the cover yeah. was, or on. maybe they dragged him for a while. Maybe like his hand was caught and he was dragged for another mile and then let go. You know, the mm. cover was on any number the of things could pick happen on the back though. Like the cover was on and the trunk was up, so it's like. I don't know. That was a really strange scene. And, like, when we eventually see Uriel again, it's like, how the fuck did he walk? Like, can they just, right. like, can they just, like, are they, like, apparitions? Like, they're still alive. So it. I think it's I implied know. that the little kids from the school just surrounded yeah, them and up. picked them up. Yeah. Did, like, Ew. the, the <laughs> light the is a feather scene. stiff as a board with their fingers <laughs> and just, like. Uh-huh. I can't stand like they had the re- one of the reasons why this movie scared me so much was that they did not hold back with the children, and that is so scary to me because like creepy kids that is so fucking scary. Like oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I also I also love like the cultural thing where it's like oh yeah children are evil like that's they love that was evil. just like under <laughs> yeah it was like evil loves children and obviously we all know and understand. Uh, children are also evil, so um, it just goes hand in hand. Like, <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was great. There were a lot of good lines in this movie. And so, honestly, I think we need more of that in American culture. Just accepting that children are evil, because <laughs> yeah. if you have kids, you start to understand. Like, oh, children are innately evil, and you have to train that out of them to not. <laughs> you know be a ball of hate you know how's that going bryce you train your kids (laughs) not not to be a ball of hate (laughs) um we're making progress it's gonna be all right i don't think every one of my kids is gonna be a psychopath but you know we're working on the ratio at this point that's That's all that matters (laughs) yeah so they they decide, you know what, wherever he fell out, it was far enough. We're going home. They go <laughs> home, and the next day, Reese's goat is just apparently acting weird, but to me, it looks just like a regular goat. In fact, I well, couldn't tell great. which we, goat they were talking about at first. We just come into the scene, and his wife is like, that one. And we're like, okay, just looks like a goat. And then he shoots the shotgun in the air, and all the goats run except for one. You're like, okay, well, it's he's got one. a point there. That is... <laughs> That is probably the one. I like that the goat was suicidal too. It like walked up to mm-hmm. the, walked up to the gun and put its head to the muzzle. Yeah. What if it had nothing to do with the possession? It was just a suicidal. Goat. It was just, He's a just really like sad I can't goat. stand yeah. living on this farm anymore, man. Mm-hmm. Just kill me. Yeah, but that I mean, this scene is brutal because um, his wife is just begging him, "Do not shoot the goat. You'll 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 condemn us all." Like we're we're gonna have a baby, please don't do this. And then the goat just like yells out a bleat, and he immediately shoots out of like fear. And like a split second later, his wife just comes swinging down with an axe straight to his face, killing him immediately. Mm-hmm. And then proceeds to do the same thing to herself. Just kneels down and just bop, bop, thunk, thunk, thunk. Oh my god. Thunk. Uh, once we Which got to that scene, to yeah, I was like, okay, so we're in it. We're in for a fucking treat. Like, this is insane. Uh-huh. Like, um, I went on, um, I went on Reddit about this movie and I just wanted to like 
not that I didn't understand anything. I just wanted to see what other people were saying. And someone was saying that he probably didn't even mean to shoot the goat. Like the goat bleeding was like something like the demon influencing him. And then, mm. um, so I thought that was pretty cool because I, I also was like, you got scared of the fucking goat like yelling at you, but no, it was. I'd it get was scared all... of a goat yelling at me, dude. Yeah, Those things I get guess loud. so. <laughs> yeah, goats bleeding is jarring. Yeah, that it is. is They're scary. just like sitting there and then. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really good. That yeah. sounded really good. That's my impression of a goat. I've been, I've been honing it for a while. <laughs> Yeah, like it's, you know, at this point, my wife has noped out. She's like, nope, nope, I'm done. Um, I'm she's, surprised she made I mean, it that far. That was a... Well, usually how it goes now is she's just in the same room while I'm watching it. So she's kind of <laughs> half watching it, but she's not a big fan of the uh, the very gory ones. But uh, And this was gory. Yeah, so I'm... This was fucking gory. Yeah, that, this one went hard when it went hard. Um, and, I mean, it's basically the poster of the, of the movie, too, is the the girl with the the woman with the axe to her head which is pretty yeah. strong imagery mm -hmm. yeah so the that night um the, uriel the possessed guy's younger brother shows up at pedro's house and kind of gives him the rundown he's like uh ruiz is dead his wife is dead um i can't find my mom uh can i stay here and begrudgingly they let him sleep like in the in the like shed or something um for one night but then he's got to go the next day because the next day they're planning on leaving they're not staying <laughs> um so they leave to go pick up pedro's two sons and i guess the plan was probably to grab his ex-wife's whole family and get them out of there mm -hmm. to safety yeah. yeah um doesn't quite go that way i i think partially because pedro makes some odd decisions upon arriving at the house yeah uh -huh. he doesn't like really explain anything he's just like get me new clothes and let's get the fuck out of here and his wife is like we i have a restraining order on you and i hate you and i haven't seen you in four years like can you get the fuck and out of here yeah, and, he's, and he's completely naked yeah he's just point. naked yep. <laughs> which like yeah. it's it's really interesting that if if you need it, like, they already established that you need to, like, burn your clothes after you come in contact with a rotten, and, um, they, but Pedro somehow never becomes rotten, spoiler, but he was wearing those clothes, he takes them off, the dog goes and sniffs the clothes, and then the dog is, like, you, it just keeps, focus, the camera keeps focusing in on the dog, and you're, like, fuck, but... Like, that was confusing to me, and that's why the rules are really sticky. Because it's like, well, then how the fuck is Pedro fine, but the dog immediately... Well, one of one of the rules is first the animals go crazy, then the dead go crazy, then people go crazy. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. That's kind of right. the order of it. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Like, it's also confusing because one of the rules is you don't kill the rotten person or else that releases the demon mm -hmm. but uriel is never killed like he's still alive right so it, why is the demon everywhere like because it seems more like an it actually matter? like it's spreading yeah. yeah so it's both yeah 
So it's an infection, but if he dies, then it spreads. But also it's going to spread anyways. Well, Uriel is like ground zero. He holds like the, what did, what did the, what is her name? Myrta or something? Um, she mm-hmm. said that, that Uriel holds like the birth of the new like mm. thing. And okay. so that is Oh yeah, is Uriel's what... pregnant. The yes. physical manifestation. Yes. Okay. So that's why he was technically killed at the end. So the the spirit... And that's the other thing is, like, it seems like the spirit is all over the place, but it's still just one demon? Because they say one of the rules is you're not supposed to name the demon, mm-hmm. you know? And then the grandma says so a bunch that, of demon names. <laughs> right, yeah. They're like, no, 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 no. Don't. But that's such a grandma thing to do. That's so funny. Yeah. She was funny. Yeah, it could be Baphomet, it could be Lucifer. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the rules... I mean, the rules are a little confusing, and I don't think it really matters. I think the, the goal is to make you very uneasy and just use whoever's at hand to be possessed and yeah. controlling people. How How much did you see the dog bite coming? I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. It makes it pretty clear that it's going to... It keeps zooming in on him and, like, I don't know, the music gets really ominous and he's, like, getting too close to the children and the dog is just massive. So the the girl is, like, doing, like, a maypole around the the giant dog and you're like... I mean, it definitely caught my wife off guard. She was was like, what? So, Which, I, I mean, I was just waiting for it to happen. This scene is but. actually, it was really hard for me to watch because um, I have two dogs, and they're just the sweetest little baby boys. I mean, they mm-hmm. couldn't be any kinder except for when they are around strangers. They hate strangers so much. And so my biggest fear is that one day they're going to bite a stranger uh-huh. and I'm going to have to put them down. Like, that would be the worst thing that could yeah. happen. And so, like... That that's really scary to like see a family dog absolutely mauling a child like that like, was dark mauling like he fucking yeah. was ripping her like a rag doll and then sprints out of the house with her and then um did someone say to not like follow like Pedro was telling the stepdad to not follow it or something he was like you're not gonna like the little girl won't be there like don't don't go get the dog but then he went and got the dog anyways and then pedro keeps helping him look for it but then that that was a, it was just a very chaotic scene like a, so many things were yeah. happening at once because then he runs into the cops again and then it's like and then he sees the stepdad and the dog's been shot and he's like fuck he's like we gotta get the fuck out of here yeah, that that was like really chaotic and again, like I'm not I couldn't really follow all the rules or like the like it it feels like everyone else knows what's going on and what the rules are without it being stated and the audience doesn't. I don't know how intentional that is or how much of that is I like I think it's cultural. kind of good that way though because like I think putting forth rules but then kind of having the rules be loosey-goosey makes it seem more like these are just oral traditions. No one really knows what's going on. It's pretty cool. Some of these might work. Some of them might not. We don't know. Yeah. 
Um, and then the the girl is basically returned and doesn't have a scratch on her at all, Mm-mm. which is confusing because we just saw her face get ripped off like a couple minutes ago. Um, but also that's pretty disturbing. And then she foretells the death of her mother, which is another disturbing uh, scene where the the uh, stepfather like steps on the gas and rams her. Mm-hmm. Aaron turned me and she's like, I heard her pop. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, it's really, really disturbing stuff. Um, and Pedro makes a, his getaway with his sons, one of which is autistic. Severely um, autistic, too. Not just, like, quirky. Like, he yeah. can't talk Not and he like can't. Big Bang Theory autistic. Like, no. real autistic. Yeah. You know, he like has a and, diaper. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also go to pick up Pedro and Jimmy's mom, who is like a believer in the supernatural, but also she's like, that could never happen here. And so mm-hmm. she's like just joking around with them, being like, no, you guys just, you were just got scared. You got spooked. It's fine. And she gives more lore. She kind of, you know, is messing with them in a way like by saying all the demon names um but they eventually jimmy was like i actually know someone who's dealt with stuff like this let's go to her house she'll help us they go there her name is Mirta, who i believe was a old teacher of jimmy Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. maybe had sex with him yeah it's kind of like the 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 um that was implied undertone is like Oh yeah, the teacher that you fucked. High five! Yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Not anything about you know being molested or yeah, no. or uh, you know statutorily yeah. raped when you're a kid. It was odd, uh, and the only thing he says about it was like, age, so. "Yeah, right. she's old." And the only thing he has to say about it was, "Look, she was a lot younger back then." So, right. <laughs> He's like more making excuses for why he fucked her. Yeah, up, you know. <laughs> saying like oh that was a bad thing it's like hey man she was a lot harder back in the day you gotta take my <laughs> you gotta trust me on this yeah, yeah and um that was... jimmy's like pretty young he's younger than pedro and i would say he was in his 30s or maybe even late 20s so like we're thinking very strange things at this point mm-hmm. <laughs> like... yeah <laughs> yeah um so Mirta lets them stay with her and she th- she doesn't do any electronics in her house, no electric lights um, because she's had experiences with these demons and she knows the rules. Um, even though she kind of like acts like, like, no, I was just lying to you when I told you those stories about the possessed. But then later on, she's like, no, 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 they were actually all real. Um mm. So she's she's a little she's an interesting character, but she really is like the rock. Like if they listened to her, probably would have been fine. Mm-hmm. And I think it it's either implied or just told that she's one of these cleaners because she knows how to use like yeah. the she brass has the device. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Or did Pedro well, she take says, that? She says people like me can't be influenced by <clears throat> the possessed. We can only be manipulated, which. Mm potato potato but yeah you know well yeah one the seventh rule is revealed finally that like the thing 
also the thing that you're not supposed to do is to fear death, which, you know, also is another one that feels like, oh, that sounds like it's made up by the demon. Mm-hmm. Don't fear death. Just come on over, you know? Right. Yeah. It'll be fine as long as you're not afraid. Um, so, yeah, that's it. I mean, it seems like they're saying that she's immune because she doesn't fear death, but also that did make a difference in the end. Really what she needed was... Uh, some man to keep watch over her. Yeah, she needed to make some sure that she's not murdered by children. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. She needs someone with enough muscle to fight off several small children. <laughs> it's something that she could not do herself. She couldn't have done it. She couldn't have done it. So yeah, there's. So, so this at... is a good question. So at 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 the end of the movie, there you know the old lady's overwhelmed by a bunch of small children. Um, Max. How many eight-year-olds would it take to overwhelm you? I feel like eight-year-olds are bigger than I previously thought. Because when I was fostering that eight-year-old, she seemed, uh-huh. like, older to me, like 10, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Eight-year-olds are kind of big. I could eight-year-olds take, are kind of big. I mean, I could for sure take a handful of eight-year-olds, but I feel like eventually yeah. they would overpower wow. me. Now, if they were, like, six, infinite. <laughs> infinite <laughs> you know i'm gonna agree with you like it's uh, at, at six you, you you can take them out with one swing you know mm-hmm. maybe you know i don't know infinite maybe not nothing infinite would well i mean would infinite be as in like i i take out one another spawns you know not like yeah and not like a horde <laughs> yeah if you had a hundred in a gymnasium coming at you like I'm pretty sure I could I could get through a hundred. I think you know? so. Wow. Well, especially if you like pick one up and just start like whacking the other ones with them, yeah. like. Because really, <laughs> you get one good hit. If you get one good punch in, you're gonna lay them out or there just are put them out of the fight. Zero six year olds who can take a solid punch. They will all be. <laughs> they'll. Just I think be you're down. right. I think you're right. They're gonna crumple. <laughs> They're weak. If anything, in my experience with my kids, it only takes one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Well, they just don't listen. Oh, my um, God. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a funny joke. CPS, please don't come to Everyone my door. Well, I, often do, I often do have to wrestle and wrangle a, a six-year-old because I work with yeah. a, a, a kid at school. So, And he loves to hit and kick and bite me. So oh, God. I feel like I have a lot of practice. And it's nothing. Yeah, you could take it. Eight-year-olds, yeah, I think... You get over a dozen, and maybe it's like you could actually be overwhelmed. Especially because like, their brains enough. like actually think a little bit better at that point. They could probably like come at you all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Six-year-olds aren't going to put together a good plan. Yeah, their eight-year-olds are better at flanking. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, <laughs> Sydney? Sydney, how, how many how many eight-year-olds <laughs> do you think you could take? Well, okay, so I have. Uh, I have three little sisters, um, but one of them is six and one of them's two. So, Mm. um, well, she's about to be six and she is, I'm short. I'm only five, three, but she's like up to like my, like the middle of my stomach. She's up to my like ribs, basically. She's very tall. And that is like, if she's six and she's that tall, if I picture her like, a couple years older she's probably gonna be like 
up to here or something. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. scary. That is scary. Eight-year-olds are big. <laughs> Eight-year-olds are not five-year-olds. Like a five-year-old, uh-huh. uh-huh. come on. Like come we come on. But right. an eight-year-old, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a fighting person. I'm. I'm not good. I'm not strong. I have no um, instincts in that aspect. Um, but yeah, I could probably take at least like at least like four or five before. Because, you know, if they're really not that, if they're, like, short, I could just kick them. And you get one good kick to the face, you're on the ground, you know? Yeah. So, maybe, like, five. But that's being yeah. generous. I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, that that's important for the this experiment because it, it validates the logic of this film. Is that a woman can be taken out by five eight-year-olds, whereas a man could fight them off, you know? Mm-hmm. So... It makes sense. Right. You know, it checks out. Right. But you know what? Yeah, well, she could have done more old. to defend herself. She could have done, but like, come on. She couldn't have seen it coming. Well, she did see yeah. it coming. She's like, don't leave the room. They're going to kill that's me. True. And then he leaves that's the room. True. and they, right. Yeah, that's what happens. Yep. You know, she uh, could have ran, you know? Yeah. I was well, so we're, fucking we're mad ahead. at Pedro, let's, but yeah, let's. <laughs> let's try to, let's try to breeze through some of this. So, um, a few plot points they're staying at Mirta's house and during the night Sabrina Pedro's ex-wife sneaks in through the window and steals uh, the younger child and um, so they're all freaking out they're going to look for the child but they can't find him and so they decide the only thing we can do is find Uriel and kill him the right way so that this all stops and then maybe you know the kid will be okay that's their best Mm -hmm. plan so they drive to where they lost Uriel and they see a sign that says uh, Escuela school and they're like well that's got to be where he is because children are evil um, mm-hmm. and that's where they head and that's that's what kind of leads up to <laughs> children them are being... evil and they love school two things we know about children and also at, always at the same school, time even at night. yeah always also at the same time Jimmy has gone separately from them to go find uh, Sabrina um, yeah, and he does find. Which he her. does. Uh huh. And that was that was I was so scared at this point. Like scary stuff had kept happening, and then this, the fucking eating, like scooping the brains like popcorn. Are you fucking? She was serious? really scooping in there. Oh yeah. my god! And then Jimmy's obviously horrified, and he just hits her with the fucking car, but she's still alive. And then she says, "Like yeah. Jimmy, I always loved you." Which, like, you don't really get an end cap on that scene. You don't really know what happens because you don't see Jimmy for a while after that. So I was like, do you think Jimmy got possessed in that moment? Mm. I don't well, know. So that's, that's like the B plot. The A plot is them at the school. The C plot is grandma with the autistic son. And um, the autistic son gets possessed and his autism is cured. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know kind of a plus it's kind of awesome yeah they play all sides they say like oh he's autistic therefore he's probably possessed but also then they say he's autistic and that confuses demons that are possessing him that's why he does all that weird stuff with his hands and then also (laughs) it also cures autism so you know we're all over the place with the internal logic of this movie yeah when it comes to demon possession and autism um, but it was scary as not, hell for him to be like, 
grandmother, I'm a bit nippy. Can you please make me a cup of hot tea? And she's like, uh, shit. Like, Yeah, because he wouldn't get out of the car. That was the whole thing. So they were like, oh, she'll probably be fine with him here because they didn't believe that he was possessed, even though Myrta was like, he's possessed. Like, guys, come on. And they were like, fuck it. Then he gets out of the car, and that's when everyone's like, oh, shit. But yeah, the so, school scene is fucked up. Like it's just yeah, from start back to, to finish. The school, <laughs> back at the school, they're I mean, Pedro's just beating the children, asking them uh where <laughs> Uriel is. Absolutely just pummeling them in the face. Bodying these children. <laughs> yeah. And they they keep saying, Oh, he's at my neighbor's house. Oh, he's down the street and then Mirta's like, Okay, if they're trying to send us away, he's probably here. So after a little bit of looking, they find a trail of was it was it lie lie lime or lime i think lime is that what it's called yeah lime limestone is that the same thing oh Um, i thought it was like a chemical it is but it was lime Lime yeah lime like the material lime it's an inorganic material composed primarily of calcium oxides and hydroxides Okay. Either way, it was to stop the smell of the decomposing bodies of all the teachers that they had crammed under the stage um, to bury Uriel so no one found him. But he was under there as well, and he was still alive. And so that's what kind of leads into Myrta is trying to put together the thing, which has way too many pieces and takes way too long to set up. Yeah, she should have done that before they got there. Like, goddamn. For sure. And okay, I love this. This is going to be the um, the Google search that incarcerates me. I just search for lime or lie to bury bodies. Um, in general, lime was highly effective in preventing decay and protecting the body rather than destroying it. Okay, so there now we go. know. Yeah, it's primarily on a list, but now we know hygienic practice. Thank you to use very lime. much. Yeah, so um, as she's putting it together, uh, Pedro's like, I can't get to him under the stage. I need something to break the stage apart so I can get him. And one of the kids is like, oh, go into the other room. There's a there's an accident. He's like, okay. He starts going over there, and Mirta's screaming bloody murder. Do not leave me alone in here. Um, but he does, and they just swarm her and kill her instantly. The hammer. With a hammer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's no axe is- in the room. There's no axe in the room. That's true. Um, and we've already... It's already been established that Pedro is easily influenced by these demons. He will basically do anything they say. Um, he has no defense mm-hmm. mechanisms. He has not learned throughout the course of this entire movie that um, there are demons. He gets it, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really get it. And he... Of all people to listen to, he should have listened to Mirta. And he absolutely... Um, goes against everything she says she's like oh can you go grab my stuff from the car but don't run he ran the entire way there <laughs> like it, it like don't fear death we're all gonna die <laughs> yeah it's like he's a really flawed main character and he pissed mm-hmm. me off so bad mm-hmm. i was like just make the right fucking decision man like <laughs> well and the final nail in the coffin is he comes back in the room and uriel is somehow uh, poking his little egghead out of the hole of in the floor mm-hmm. and Nasty. taunting him to kill him. 
And he's just like, okay. So he takes the... He's obviously not using the machine right, but he kind of just, Mm -hmm. like, bludgeons him in the head with the machine. Which we're told is better than the gun. So, I mean, at least he's doing that. But it wasn't because... Unfortunately. He he birthed a blood-soaked... The evil demon child. Demon child... That uh, mm-hmm. and all the oh, when when he that demon child comes out and all the kids smile, I was like, I'm gonna throw up right now. Like I, it was so scary. Uh, children are so scary, like so creepy. And we learn that the gestational period for a demon is a lot different than a human child <laughs> because yeah, he did not come it's out not a baby. born as an infant. It's born. A, it's like a giraffe, just born able to walk. It was you like know, 13. And covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a medium-sized human comes out of him. Yeah. <laughs> and so Pedro just kind of admits defeat and drives back to Mirta's house where, uh-oh, kid ate grandma's brains. Oh. And that's how the movie ends. Pretty sad. Yep. Oh, and also they check in on the um, Uriel's brother, and he's still in the... Um, Right. He's still in the like barn or whatever and he's like, "Oh, by the way, guys, I killed that guy in the in the forest at the beginning of the movie. I I did that because the voice in my head told me to. Um and I'm possessed." And Pedro's like, "Jesus fucking Christ." And then, yeah, Jer ate grandma. And then there's gross hair. There's gross hair coming out of Jer's fucking mouth. It's all really gross. It's a very gross movie. That's two movies in a row with gross hair that we've watched. Yeah. I mean, it it preys on your your inherent fear of unclogging a drain for a woman. (laughs) That is the most terrifying thing. It's disgusting. Getting that drain zipper and pulling out like a three foot long string of black (laughs) hair and soap. We have to do that all the time in my apartment because this house is like a hundred years old. It's really awful it's really awful alright guys who would like this movie if you like Um, gore people that like the Terados are uh, terrified it's great yeah Um, also kind of reminded me of um, what was that Korean one we just did Um, just did probably like two years ago the Wailing. Ugh. It's a little bit like The Wailing. That's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. You know it's I've started so The Wailing good. twice and never finished it? It's really long. <laughs> it's it's long. really long. But it's and like, you... it has, that movie has everything. It's a great movie. You know how I feel about long movies. I was telling you about that <laughs> earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you still get to watch um, Bo's yeah. Afraid. You're not off the hook. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like if, you, if you're looking for some good like foreign horror, it's a really good one to add to your list. And yeah, if you liked uh, Terrified, definitely check this out. Yeah. Yeah. You like gore, right. you like nasty stuff. Are Do you it. guys ready to play? Well, it's not really a game. It's more of just uh, reading and talking about some reviews. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah. yeah, good reviews for bad horror movies. Today we're looking at five star, five out of five star reviews on Letterboxd for... The Exorcist Believer. Wow. So, this first one says, and this is going to be especially funny for you, Bryce, I think. 
Ten times better than the original by a long shot. That has to be yeah. a troll. Are you fucking serious? Two-liter Coca-Cola. <laughs> it's something you can sit down and drink a two-liter Coca-Cola. Have a good old time. Yeah. Yeah. It takes all kinds. That's what you learn with the... Like listening to reviews or listening to feedback from horror fans like some people just absolutely love rob zombie you know and uh god bless him oh <laughs> we might that's uh -oh. a discrepancy that's a discrepancy uh -oh. I, I like rob zombie i don't love rob zombie but i love house of a thousand corpses and i will never agree with what you guys said about that movie but, all right Whatever, moving on. <laughs> All right, the next one um, says, Terrifying, an incredible counterpart to The Exorcist 1973. The end definitely had some theology to it, which I always appreciate. I like, <laughs> I like that one because, uh, yeah, it had theology to it. Uh, Just theology how, in general. The, uh -huh. Not like good good deep lore or like interesting theology just and there was theology too which makes it perfect wow yeah that's like the people that say like i love the lore of the movie where it's like just has nothing you know there it's like uh, they're just new to movies and realize like oh, they're talking about just having a backstory mm -hmm. <laughs> at all yeah first time watching a movie, right. guys <laughs> We got, this one is just funny. This actually isn't a bad review. It, it was a, a, a five out of five star review, but it said, arguably the worst movie I've ever seen, but also a good date. <laughs> so he went on a good date. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. We also have, on the third day, Jesus rose. And on the third time I watched this movie, it rose above my expectations again. <laughs> So this person watched the movie three times, and every time and it got it better. And it only got better. Hmm. Wow. Maybe that's the key. Do you think you'll ever watch Exorcist Believer again? No. Will you ever watch it one more time? No. No. Definitely not. There's no rewatchability in that movie at Waste all. Waste of time. All right, this is the last one, but it's a little long. It says, The Exorcist Believer is changing the game on how horror movies are viewed in today's world of horror movies. Though I haven't watched the movie... <laughs> wait. Wait, hold on. Does it really say that? Though I haven't watched the movie, this movie somehow is displaying the best of what supernatural horror <laughs> movies are meant to display. Wait, did they not watch the movie? I didn't even catch oh, that when shit. I copied this over. <laughs> That's amazing. They keep saying a, cl a classic act of paranormality and demonic possession among two vulnerable young females who have been under the influence of a demon that they're attached to after... Okay, that's kind of a synopsis. Over the course of the movie, it puts you in the mood of experiencing some 70s aesthetic around the film itself, meaning that it functions just exactly like the first Exorcist movie that was released 50 years ago. What the fuck? Was that written by AI? Like, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. That one was wild. That one had a lot going on. They That's said they crazy. didn't see it and then proceeded to recount the entire movie. What? I love that it says it has a 70s aesthetic, which basically means that it functions the exact same as the original. Yeah, okay. I that, mean, both That's false. all I got. All right. Oh, my God. Well, 
we've done it again. Another Woo! episode of Horror Movie Talk. Another banger. With the three musketeers. Here we are. The three horror tears. I don't know. Um, take us out, Max. All righty, everybody. Thank you for listening. Make sure to go to our Patreon and HorrorMovieTalk.com. Buy some stuff. Send us money. I'll probably give you my Venmo at some point um, so you can just put it straight into my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, OnlyFans. OnlyFans <laughs> for Bryce. We should, we should each make an OnlyFans and see who can make the most money. <laughs> I bet I know who. <laughs> Let's do it. It's Max and his sweet baby face. It's me. Obviously. The beautiful baby boy. (laughs) All right. If you want to hear your voice on the show, call 682-253-4468. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Uh, Special shout-out. Sorry. One more thing. Thank you to Christopher J for being our latest um, patron. Oh, my God. I think that's my dad. Is it really? I think so. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> now we'll have to watch what we say on the after oh, Hi, Dad. <laughs> Dad, don't, don't, don't. Fuck. All right. See everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. Wow, that didn't sound good. Two-layer cock-collar.